Hello, welcome to the Tipped Out Podcast presented by Balance Performance. Our goal with this podcast is to have engaging conversations about the golf swing while providing instruction and insight in the golfing world. What is going on, podcast? It is Brandon Palmer here with co-host Danny Christie of the Tipped Out Podcast. Our first guest is going to be Mr. Frank Gargano of Shot Shaver Golf. The king of Staten Island, Frank, the owner and founder of Shot Shaver Golf, Smart Cards, and the head of many more projects to come. Frank got his start out of Richmond County Country Club, a private gem of a club on Staten Island. This is where Frank grew his personal brand over 100,000 followers on TikTok and Instagram alone. Without further ado, listeners, here's Frank Gargano. Are we recording now? Are we recording? Yeah, we are. It records right away. Perfect. What's going on, Frank? Oh, hey, buddy. Hey, guys. Frank, it's good to hear your voice. It's it's I'm I'm definitely doing better now that I'm I'm with you guys for sure. Good to hear you guys' voice as well. Beautiful man. Well, first things first, man. Thank you for hopping on the podcast. You are our first uh, guest. I don't know uh, who would have thought that, but it's an honor. Um, I, I know that there definitely was a long list ahead of me, and I appreciate you guys um, selecting me as 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 the first. It's it's humbling. All right. Well, I gave the listeners a pretty good <clears throat> excuse me background of you, but uh. Let's go ahead and tell the listeners what kind of project or what kind of thing are you working on at this time? Um, that's such a loaded question, man. I think um, it's just got so much. Yeah, well, in, in, what, in, in what department you think, bro? Let's go. Let's go personal. What are you personally working on right now to improve yourself individually? Oh my god, that's such a good question. Right now, um, I'm trying to be on my cell phone as little as possible during the day. Mm. I think I. Um, and I, I delete my social media apps during when I'm when I'm not posting them because I'm I uh, especially after watching the social dilemma we have to take no guilt in being addicted to our phones because we're wildly addicted to them mm-hmm. and uh, so if you have to delete an app to not use it so be it and I've been trying to you know just stay off the scrolling part of social and the uh, you know there's it, it could be an asset when it's used correctly. And it could also be a, a real liability when you're just sitting there scrolling on it and you're not, re- not realizing how fast a half hour, an hour is mm-hmm. going by. So I think limited cell phone use and social media scrolling is my personal development um, right now. That's terrific. So feeding off of the last podcast, we <clears throat> touched on, um, you know, how you shape me and, you know, how I view or use social media. So it's so great to hear you say, you know, you like to distance yourself from social media, but yet again... Uh, you have such a mass following. Uh, so it's it's a great kind of disconnect there that you kind of stay out of the uh, the gray areas of social media and you use it for its proper, uh, you know, kind of way it should be. Yeah, no, I'm listening as best I can, too. I'm definitely not perfect with it. Um, like, you know, we were talking about, I recognize just like everybody, I'm definitely sitting there scrolling through, too. But um, I think it's uh, j- just the, the biggest tool that people aren't realizing how powerful of a thing it actually is quite, quite yet. Uh, we, we feel like the internet and social has been around for a while now, but uh, it's really just in the its infancy uh, in regards to kind of how people view it. And, uh, you know, for wh- whatever business you're in, you have the chance to create your own uh, personal brand that I'm sure we're going to get into in more, more, more detail down the line a little bit. But, Definitely. Um, you know, when you could recognize the tool that it is, it's a really it's just, it's as powerful of an entity as as, as you want to make it be really so 
Um, but it's definitely, uh, it can definitely absorb you in and it's literally designed, uh, to keep your attention, you know, kept on it for as long as possible. So you have to just be aware of, you know, if you're being the user and the person that's absorbing the content, or if you're being the creator of the content and I try and be the content creator instead of the content absorber as much as I can be. That's well awesome, said. Yeah, well said. Check your screen time. Monitor that. Time. Check your Gets screen time. Hand. No doubt. Gets out of hand. All right, Frank, I've got question for you here please buddy and go what made you choose instruction for golf what um i well i heard danny christie was interested in that career and whatever danny christie was going to do <laughs> i was going to do along the line but what made me i actually always had a um i always i i, I like teaching in general i think i um i like dealing with people especially and i think that's a huge part of of the job. And I think actually I'm going to make that be my answer is that I love being with people. I love interacting with people. And I don't think coaches and instructors realize how much of the job that is, is being good at interacting with people and wanting people want to spend time with you. Uh, Because, you know, I guarantee, especially when you're first starting out, you know, 75% of your clients are going to be people that just, you know, are with you because they like hanging out with you. Obviously you have to you know, get them better at golf, but, you know, being a personable guy and, and a person that genuinely cares about the improvement of their game and them, instead of just kind of talking about yourself the whole time, I think you have a real potential to do really, really well as an instructor. So I think my answer to that would be uh, my love for other people and engaging with other people. And, and then also my love for golf where um, I like teaching. I don't know if I like teaching enough to, to grade, you know, history papers in a, in a high school classroom. So when I learned that you could teach people how to hit a little white ball into a hole, um, that, that was a little bit more enticing to me. So I, I would say though, my relationship to people, I think you have to really, really like people to be an instructor. Absolutely. I, it's definitely a desire to help people too. There's nothing like a feeling of watching someone that you've helped succeed. And you know what that was? It's funny you make that point, Danny, because I think that's why I realized I wanted to do his instruction was it made me feel, um, you know, that warm, fuzzy feeling you get in your stomach yeah. more so when I would give someone a tip and they would kill the ball on the range. You guys both know as instructors, is there, is it a cooler feeling to stripe one by yourself or to be standing on the range, tell someone a tip and then they stripe it? I just don't think it's even comparison. Yeah. So you just give them the shrug after that. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, yo, this is what I do, bro. Say no hobby, like all those lines <laughs> you can possibly give. And it's like that, that to me, um, I actually found more joy in that. You guys both know that um you know i i hope to be as as much of a staple as i could have been on the dell high men's golf team but i wasn't a scorer necessarily of the golf ball (laughs) and i think it was um i think it was my lack of effort put you know put into it of you know your your practice and your ability score whatever that might be that my interest was so much more in uh you know working with the guy on the team that was shooting 78 to try and get him to shoot 72 instead of getting myself you know from 87 to something respectable as a college golfer so probably could have spent a little bit more time there but i think it was my overlying interest in instruction rather than uh you know my own game necessarily which wasn't always good though too because you could definitely uh to be a good instructor you should definitely have your game in check totally so for the listeners that don't know i didn't mention this in the uh intro about frank but frank is a delhi a suny delhi graduate Mm. uh currently where danny and myself uh, attend both in the business and professional golf management program. Uh, all three of us were uh, the Delhi Bronco teammates uh, for men's golf. So yeah, that's kind of how we met Frank, of course, and 
it has spun from there into more of a golf, a business, uh, and a great friendship for all three, mm. especially. Absolutely. And then touching into that, um, obviously, this is where we met, SUNY Delhi. Yes. So college education for you, how do you feel that that has helped you or how do you feel that it had maybe hasn't helped you as much as it could? That's a good question, man. It's, oh, it's, uh, it's something that I think uh, a lot about being that it's probably my you know, biggest investment to date. I think we tend to you know, weigh the amount of money that we spend on things, you know, comparing to them if, if they're worth it or not. And um, I think I have a, a much different view on college if I went to college for free than if I took out loans to went to college. Mm-hmm. And I think that you have to have a very clear um, vision with yourself of what you want your college experience to be like, I think. And I, I think that you can gain just as much out of college, if not more. I hate to just be this guy, though, um, from your relationships uh, than, than what your professor that's been teaching business administration for the last 35 years in Delhi, New York, probably is, yeah. is going to give you, you know. So it's, it's, it's honestly it's and it's not a knock on them either. It's just a, you know, being very aware that because, you know, something I struggled with personally is I got very down on myself for the decision to go to college almost, you know, I was like, you know, I spent all this money. I didn't learn anything in the classroom, but you know, my, the relationships that I've made there and going outside of my circle of where I'm from and expanding to meet other people from different places, you know, that's worth 10 X what, what I paid for school. So um, that really cleared it up for me. So I think it's, and, and, and in someone else's head, it might just be the classroom that gave them the most value, you know? So, Again, it's having that clear perspective of what you wanted to take out of the college education and the college experience to make sure that you're, um, you know, as as happy with the, the situation or what it was. So I would say the college experience and the college education is kind of what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I, yeah, networking. Definitely. The relationships. The big, the big reason I'm not too upset about paying all this money for college is the fact that we have these mandatory internships that are, you know, somewhat of the highlight. <laughs> of yeah. you know our whole college career it's where we yeah. gain the connections the work experience uh you know really get our foot in the door in the industry you know and then you know and then it's and then it's probably partying and then the team and then <laughs> and then the books but, <laughs> but no doubt about it man. in that order think about it. i mean we wouldn't be doing this right now if we didn't all come here so exactly that's that's exactly so everything everything for a reason and, and we've talked about that before frank you know the the dell high kind of you know, the location, it's a tough location. It's a mm. small little town and it's all right to be down in yourself or be stagnant at times. You know, mm. it doesn't always have to be pedal to the floor mm. all out, you know, take time for yourself. Uh, you know, you don't always have to post, you don't always have to work on your craft. Uh, you know, give yourself time to readjust and kind of refresh and then get back at it. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and, and it's a, it's a, it's the, uh, it's the perfect point, Brandon. And it kind of, goes back to what I was saying where it's just being clear though then with what your uh goals might be you know and having that match up and um yeah it it was a special place Delhi I definitely I definitely uh you know if I had to go back I I wouldn't trade it that's for sure it's a uh cool little neck in the woods from being from the city and stuff and being able to get away and, and separate it was you know always always something to look forward to going up to school so I think that um, you know, my biggest advice, I know you guys have a lot of, um, you know, kind of like are a little bit younger than our age demographic. I know you're trying to target some guys going into college, thinking about what mm-hmm. career they're going into. 
um, is to really, really, really listen uh, to the seniors and, you know, juniors and seniors when you're there and the people that were uh, just did with what you did. Cause it's interesting how time works, but all of a sudden you guys are seniors now too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I could, I could picture saying to you a, a blink ago, uh, you know, when I was a senior that like literally enjoy every single second. Uh, it doesn't, you don't really kind of feel how fast it can go when you're a freshman. It feels like you have forever left in college. And then literally you're the exact same 18 year old, but somehow it's, you know, you're 22 now and four years went by. So it's wow. a blink and it's like, you know, just if you could, you know, take advice from the guys that went before you, the stuff that they say to really pay attention to and do, they just did it. They're literally you, you know, in four mm-hmm. years. And, uh, and I think you guys have done an awesome job at, you know, kind of, uh, you know, taking advice and enjoying the moment and, and, and doing a lot of that stuff, which is, which is cool. So we it's, learned. uh, go, go away to college though. That'd be, mm-hmm. that's about right. Yes. Yeah, sure. go totally. It's all good. Money doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> So, Frank, I remember sitting in Farrell Hall. It was yes. just one day. It was nearing the end of your time. And it was me, you, and Brandon. You started talking about your business mm. and your plans and what you had going. So, when did you personally realize that starting your own business was something that you could do? Um, It is – I think I, I have – that's a good question, man. You got me stumped here for a second. But the, the real answer is that I don't – and anything that any other human being has done ever, I am always going to hold myself to that same standard. So um, I know that I'm not going to study to be an astrophysicist, and I'm probably on the goal to go to the moon. It's not in that regard. But the person that's at the top of your craft that you decide to do, um, me personally, the way I'm wired is that I, I want to be that, that person and be at the top of the craft. So I knew in order to do that in golf – uh, you had to have your own personal brand of some kind. And, you know, a, a real example of that is I would go to send, you know, your students text you and my students would say, Frank, you have this swing video on how to hook, how to stop hooking a driver, how to stop missing putts, whatever it might be. And I was sending out other people's content to my clients. And I'm like, what if they like are like, oh, wow, this guy's a really good instructor. Thanks for sharing him with me. Yeah. And I'm like that Trump yeah. instructor sending out somebody else's stuff, you know? So it's like, um, you know, I had that goal in my head that, you know, Danny, for your question, it's create your own business. I felt that that was the way that I could be the most complete, uh, version of an instructor that I wanted to be would be to have my own brand and my own, uh, you know, potential products to show my, my future clients. Awesome. Definitely. That's a perfect answer. Yep. And that's what it comes down to is basically what, what you want out of it. You know, it started for me is just a spot to kind of show showcase my love for the game. And now it's, you know, how do I turn this into something I can, I can help people with, but also, you know, make a living at, you know, at yeah. point you gotta, you definitely have to focus on that bread and, uh, you know, get yourself in check so that you can help people as much as humanly possible while still, you know, making an honest living for yourself. So it's a lot of different avenues we're discovering now in the social media and, you know, just the, the technology boom that we're in, uh, it's only going to keep going up. You know, what, what can you do from social media or what can you do from, you know, just the relationships that we create? Yeah. It's a crazy powerful thing, man. I think like I, like I was saying before, um, Brandon, we, we talk about this constantly. It's just how, uh, how, how new social I still think is. And I really, um, 
you know, a, a big role model of ours, Danny, I'm sure you know him too, but Gary Vaynerchuk from a social media perspective is always, you know, probably the guy to have in mind. Definitely. And, you know, something that he's always talking about is, you know, your, your ability to, you know, build a genuine brand that's just attracting as much value as you possibly can um, is always, always going to be the thing that really connects with people. And, you know, the power of that brand now is that in 2020, our cell phones are the television and the television is the radio, you know, so something that we have to focus on is where are the eyeballs shifting to, you know, where, where are the eyeballs because the, where the eyeballs are, are where the companies are going to invest their marketing dollars in. So in five years from now, it's going to be really difficult to convince who knows who titleists say to keep investing in their commercials when everybody's streaming stuff on their phone, everybody's looking at highlights on their phone, everybody doing this through social. When you start actually calculating those numbers out now, an influencer with 500,000 followers is just as valuable as the golf channel. Definitely. Yeah. That's when stuff starts getting crazy because that's when personal brands become, you know, start becoming as powerful as they are because you are going to start being the commercials. Like that's, you know, I don't, it's so people that say that they don't like social or being on social, that's one thing. Um, but if you feel like you have the potential to put out content and, and, and you want to make money through literally just making videos, like you can do that. You know, me and Brandon always talk about it. We, you have the option of, of having your own TV show now on YouTube. And it is extremely easy. You could just have a TV show. You could decide today, people in 1932, we're literally sitting in Hollywood outside. I was going to say in the freezing cold. It's not too cold in Hollywood. But with the heroin addicts on Hollywood Boulevard, right, sitting there dying for a chance to make content and do something. Now we have this device in our pocket we carry around all day. We can log into this website, post it, and have access to the entire world. So it's like I don't think we realize how powerful a position that we're in. And when you have that leverage and you see yourself equal to anybody else, all of a sudden you can you know, start making your own content and – and really turn yourself into a business, which is a, a, a crazy powerful thing. Definitely. All I right. think one of the, sorry to cut you off, Danny, I think one of the hardest things, Frank, honestly, is how cliche it is. You know, every a lot of posts from Gary are cliche. But yeah. It's because they're true. You know, a lot of people don't think, you know, they think it's harder than it is, or they think there's some <laughs> scheme to it. But the truth of the matter that Danny just said is it's extremely easy all it takes is, you know, head down and hard work. And that's the part select people put in. And that's Amen, bro. That, you know, it's it's tough, you know, for the listeners or for just people that know you or checked your page out that maybe, you know, weren't there from the, the ground up. Now they see you with, uh, you know, over 100,000 followers on, uh, you know, two platforms, TikTok and Instagram itself. Yep. You know, they might think themselves, oh, you know, he had a head start. He had this and that. All it was is the two of us in the room and you know it's, it's just hard work and true, consistent content and, you know, perseverance. You focused yeah. on you and you focused on what you wanted. And just from the fact of you saying you delete your social media apps pretty relatively, um, it shows that you're not focused on anyone else's stuff. It's, yeah. it's purely you and your goals. <clears throat> and that, that is, that is boasting dividends. It is, uh, it's incredible to see and it's mm. definitely humbling and motivating at the same time. So it's, it's definitely great to be in touch with someone like that. That's that's yeah, I appreciate saying that all, bro. It's it's incredible. Also, I'm a notorious voice cracker as well, too. I think I'm two or three voice cracks deep as well for people <laughs> counting at home. 
Oh, Frank, you um, just wait till my ear penetrating one. Oh, dude, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be 50 year old man, just like still, just cracking, like, yo, I don't know, what, I don't know what this is. Um, but Brandon, your point that you made, man, my favorite quote that I've heard in the last couple weeks, months, whatever it might have been, is uh, the biggest lie that I've been told growing up is that it's not that easy, mm. and it's people wanting to make you think that the process of getting out of your current situation is harder than it is because they didn't make the decision to do so. So they're going to tell you it's not that easy. It's not that easy. It doesn't come that easy. Uh, but when you really realize the simplicity of, of how the micro decisions that we make every day all just add up to these long-term things, um, it's crazy how simple life gets, bro. You know, literally, um, it, it is as easy as you just making, you know, the best decisions possible. Someone that's rich, and is more successful than you, you know, and, and, and anytime you start approaching that with any kind of uh, judgment or envy, uh, you know, the person that approaches that with curiosity is, uh, is, is going to kind of get out of their situation and change their life. So I, I love that point that you made, though, bro. It's all about perspective. Yeah, yeah all it's all about perspective. It's all about just realizing that you could, you know, it's that corny, corny saying that, you know, your parents growing up, you could do anything you put your mind to. And but yeah. the people that actually listen to that, um you know, change the world. Wow. Well said. Um, so I'm actually touching way back here, but I, I, you, you said it and it clicked with me as this is relatable. So you were talking about when you're putting your students on other instructors content, yep. like, yeah, go watch this video. I find myself doing that. Yes. And then I, I, the same exact thing clicked with me. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, go watch Mike Malaska's video. And it's funny because I'll watch and I'm just, I love Malaska. I grind his stuff all the time. And, you know, it makes total sense in my head. I'm thinking I can just explain it to somebody. Yep. And then when I get in the situation of trying to, to teach them that, it's like, wow, it just doesn't flow off the tongue. Yeah, you can't pull like up the Mike Malaska video. Point. What's that? <laughs> you can't pull up the Mike Malaska video in the moment. Just be like, hold on, give me a second. Like, he explains yeah, exactly. it really well. But um, the the importance of being able to communicate effectively in instruction i think is crucial and it's a part that i feel i need to work on but yeah it's, you know what it is man it's the realization that instruction is not about what you say it's about what the student hears right so it doesn't matter you can have the craziest phrases you're jumping out this arm is going into flexion and left bend at p6 and e9 and be the fucking smartest guy out there excuse my language oh god sorry guys tipped out pod <laughs> you get a bleep in there. Um, brand is just down the, i'm just losing tens of thousands of followers by the second oh, destroys man. the whole career um <laughs> it's, it's crazy uh but <laughs> uh but a little bit of a loss of train of thought there uh now that i'm out here someone remind me what we were talking about please real quick um, for a second just talking about instructors Alex. bro so many other videos thank you we're right back on track now uh the curses will bring you out of the game but so my <laughs> advice, though, Danny, again, uh, that initial point, really not about what you're saying. It's not about how fancy the terms you're saying is. It's, it's, it's the layman's terms that you could put, put it into that the accountant that does not thinking about the golf swing and has no idea what you're talking about, uh, you know, can fully understand it and, and have it translate to their game. But, you know, advice for people is that what, what people don't realize is that you don't have to post your content. You can just share your content. So. You know, it's for the for example, Danny, you're going to the video that you're about to send somebody of Mike Malaska to your student. My advice would be watch the video, absorb it and make your own content 
about it, you know, where it's like, it's almost, you know, it's, it's your job as the instructor to translate it to the student after learning from Mike Malaska, not you just showing Mike Malaska, you know? So it's like, yeah, yeah. he, he wants Danny Christie's version on it. And, and, and that's kind of the same thing that's clicked for me too, man. It's actually the good thing about it. Um, like you kind of pointed out is that it, it puts your instruction on the spot a little bit where it's like, Oh wait, can I verbalize as, as, as well as I thought I could, you know, it sounds well right in my head. Uh, but this guy's looking at me like I have nine heads, you know, now that I'm saying this out loud. So yeah. I think just no, the totally reps exact. and, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's that hesitation where it's even if you're hesitant to post it on social right now uh, to just kind of even you start by making your own content just to share to your students uh, kind of rather than sending in another instructors over. Absolutely. That's perfect. That is on the brain in the works. Brandon's yeah. been, Brandon and I have conversed about it many times. Many but. times. Yeah. Let's... That, Frank. So to show how full circled some things come. So we had a, a zoom lecture today with uh, our advanced teaching class with Dave Kubiak. Do you know David Kubiak? I do. Yep. You do. Yeah. So we had him past Del High grad works for Bettinardi as a tour rep. Um, okay. So we spoke with him and he, he said a story earlier about um, him sitting in on a presentation and these instructors asking other fellow instructors a question and then the older um you know the veterans kind of said one word short answers and the younger pros really were really wordy mm. kind of talking circles mm. um and that translated to me something about confidence and mm. time under the belt in the industry so i'm going to ask you the same question i asked him it's a pretty loaded question we'll see what you say or your response so at what point in the industry or at what point in life do you kind of think it's your turn or your time to be the one doing the one word answers and not talking in circles? You know, it's, it's about it's a great question. having knowledge on the topic, but trying to not come off douchey, but also, you know, it's, it's a very kind of tough thing, especially in this industry. It's, you don't want to say too little mm. so that they don't think they know what you're talking about. And if you say too much, it could either bore them, confuse them, or, mm. you know, just annoy them. So I just, it's kind of a loaded question there, but just speak on that topic. if you Yeah, want. that's a great, it's such a good question, bro. I think, um, I think it's so much knowing your audience in regards to uh, which teacher you want to be that day uh, in regards to, you know, so I'm seeing a guy that is a physics whiz. He is a the local uh, physics professor at the college. He's coming to take a lesson. He loves verbiage, bro. He wants to hear the definitions. He wants to hear the anatomical reasons behind everything. He's your guy to just go full golf nerd with. Then you have the garbage man, and it's uh, it's a it's just the profession that I chose. You have a garbage man that comes. He can. He's got a family of three. He can play golf. Uh, he can practice for eight minutes before his round. He's going to play once every two weeks. He's trying to figure out what's going down. That's the guy that you're going to use those simplistic terms with. And, and I think it's so much knowing your audience. And then kind of the flip side, though, Brandon, is that you were kind of using, you know, the, the less words with where you're kind of seem like the more confident version and the more knowledgeable. And something that I struggled with when I was first starting uh, to teach, I would be speaking and then literally run out of breath because Word, I was yep. saying so many words 
that it would just be tailing off. I'd literally have to like pretend I was swallowing, look down, like take a deep breath and be like, holy crap, how many words did I just say? Mm -hmm. So I think it's a matter of preparation, though, because talking around in circles is a form of nervousness and nervousness is only your body being aware that it's not prepared. Right. So. Yep. If that's this, if that's the case, you're yeah. going to talk in circles. So Brandon, you have the question, you know, when do you go from the guy that's rambling to the guy that's confident? It's when you make the decision to be the guy that's prepared enough to speak the confident way. Huge, huge. Well said again, you know, so you can, that that's something that's really been important to me and powerful to me is how do I, how do I as the 22 year old college student come in and compete with a 35, 36, 40-year-old, 50-year-old instructors at my club, Mm -hmm. um, it's getting as good as – it's being as good as they are at teaching people how to get the ball in the hole in as few shots as possible. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like the reason I say it that simply is because if you give someone a tip that improves their golf game, they're not checking your birth certificate to make sure that it was valuable or not. Uh, if you're good at what you do and you're confident at what you do, people will come to you and people will respect you. But the first part of that is so important because I think people let their pride get in the way of them being like, oh, I'm not getting enough lessons. Oh, this guy didn't listen. What were you saying? You know, what were you saying? It has to, it's a full, full accountability golf game, golf instruction. You're going to get none of the credit when they're playing well and all the blame when they're not playing well you know it's, it's a lot how it goes you really have a lot of thick skin and you have to be unbelievably prepared so you know look at me talking in circles so i could have just like ended that on some nice few words to prove my point about <laughs> but it's it, i i've, I've so i relate to that question so much because i was so there uh mm-hmm. literally you know like i oh frank we're losing you we may have lost him. We may have dropped the call. Hang on. Frank. All right. Well, little technical difficulties. A little technical. So, who knows here? Maybe he'll respond. But one thing I'd like to touch on, I'm going to mm-hmm. ask him if he, when he comes back or just point out, is it so true? Like, when you first start teaching. Oh, you got me still? Frank. Oh. We, yep, we got you. We just got you back. I probably was just spitting some no wisdom, bro. When I got when I got cut out, but no, it was some, it was some... <laughs> no, who knows, man? <laughs> I just rambled on. But again, great question though, man. Really, really good question. Right. Get your knowledge up. It really helps the confidence. And I'd like to touch on that knowledge, hard work. So I think what I didn't realize at first, which it's kind of just foolish to think, but like, yeah, you, you give a lesson, you think, Oh, just that whatever hour you're there, you're thinking about it. No, man. Like when I started doing it regularly, I'm like pre-gaming mm. post-gaming my lessons. Mm. Like, cause that's all, I mean, that's what it is really. And that's where the works I'm thinking. I mean, thinking about their yep. swing, if I do a video with them yep. and then I do a huddle and I do all those things, that's when I feel like I'm definitely learning mm. more. I can take time to, Yep. See more and analyze more. Um, but at, at the same time, you do need to be good enough that in the moment, that's what you're analyzing. It's a blessing too. and a curse. You could be sitting there eating dinner and you think about Joe on the lesson to you, like yeah. what he was doing, you know, and then you hop right up and grab a club and 
that, oh, that's no the most doubt, fun man. part of this job yeah. is you know just researching the books the videos you know you go there you try and tie it in for the it's like you're just formulating dude it's dope danny there's some, a point that i want to touch on that you made um i think a really really important answer so i i asked um uh Gigi when i was out in cali that same question of you know i i asked him who his golf mentor was you know kind of in in the the quest to figure out where he learns from you know and his answer was yeah. uh, his students. He said his students. He said his students yeah. are his are his mentor. He said that's the, his knowledge comes from watching swings and 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 improving swings. Yeah. And I think we can get all get so tied up in watching these specific instructors and watching so much of their one stuff, even say two three instructors, and just diving in so heavy instead of us actually being the instructor. And diving into the swing video itself and then taking that swing video, if you're having trouble with it, to a, a, a more advanced instructor, to the, you know, a, a guy that might have some more knowledge or older than you or, uh, you know, the thing that's you, you really can get far ahead in this game if you are humble enough to ask. You really, really, really can get far ahead in that game. If there's one piece of knowledge that you know, the uh, potential coach at home is listening to or, you know, a nugget that you want to take away. That's that's the most important one, man, because you're never, ever going to grow as an instructor if you think that you know everything. And I, you, you could uh, – the ability to catch yourself when you think you do is a powerful tool, and it's the only way to improve yeah. because, um, you know, I, I guarantee you uh, that there's so, so much that you don't know about the game and the, the best instructors – are, are going to tell you the same, you know, and, and if you really can go study with some guys that, uh, you know, just been doing it for longer than you, however, kind of that same advice we had about, you know, listening to juniors and seniors, uh, you know, as much as you can learn from the people that did it before you, you know, selfishly, you're going to now save time on their mistakes. You know, why try and figure out how to do it yourself from, you know, 20 to 30 instead of watching people that are 50 that already made the mistakes that you were gonna, that now you can avoid and not make. So it's like, if you could really have some solid mentors and really just learn and be, you know, humble enough to realize that you have a lot to learn, uh, sky's the limit. Yeah. Terrific. Do you have any more? Uh, you have another Please, question? Please, I, I do have two more. <clears throat> Take your time. Two quick ones for you. Yeah. I'll you do want, 10 more if, it, if more it means talking to my guys. Or perfect. Uh, we'll, do, right. we'll do two then. We'll do two. Right. So the... Getting away from just instruction, your brand, Shots yep. Golf, your company, what do you feel separates you from the competition and mm. who do you feel that you compete with? Okay, it's a very good question. I think the first question, um, I think what separates us from the competition is I try to um, – I try to include as little ego in my brand as I possibly can, that it's literally striving uh, to provide as much value as I possibly can uh, with being available as well. Um, I think that uh, we take very, every DM and every message, you know, really, really seriously. We, as Brandon knows uh, better than anybody, we do, we do free swing analysis um, from the jump that you know a, a lot of guys and again respect to a lot of pros that that do charge for it it's a it's a it's a, a viable thing to charge for it makes a lot of sense and and we took the route though that you know i i wanted to invest in staff that 
you know, would, would take care of our, you know, our followers for free. So, you know, free swing analysis at Shaw Shaver is a pretty valuable tool. And, you know, again, striving to, you know, be different and, and literally provide, you know, the most value, you know, to, to the Shaw Shaver community as anybody on the gram. So, so I'm going to take very seriously. And I think that value as a whole and uh, our availability would be two things that, that separate us. And then your second question, Brandon, competition. Uh, my only competition is myself because I'm not, it's not about what people are doing around me. It's about what, what I decide to, the effort I decide to put in that day and the limits I put on myself. So the only competition that would, would get in my way of, of, of any of my goals are going to be, you know, what I wind up doing and what I, what I, what I wind up choosing. Perfect. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Solid, solid mindset. And this one is a, I like this question a lot. What do you feel is the most important part mm. of your day? Mm. Man. Most important part of my day. You know what I have to say? I've actually uh, probably a shock. I have an answer to you guys. I don't really talk about, you know, my spirituality too, too much, but um, you know, I think I usually start every day with a prayer and, you know, letting, letting God or the powers of be know how thankful I am for, another day and and kind of getting that humility and that perspective to start every day i think is i think is most important and so i would say a little prayer a little a little time to me just to to be thankful for 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 everything and for you know lungs in my air once again and you know for whatever reason that we're getting blessed to do so so i think uh i think that would be it a little prayer in the morning beautiful bro beautiful love that and uh to wrap it up your thoughts Ooh. on the Masters. Who did you have going into it's, it? It's, a, it's a fair question, man. I was talking a lot of smack that Tiger was going to come in and win by about 15. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But I actually really don't want to say I told you so, but, man, I really called the Bryson thing. And I, I don't want to be that guy. I didn't post about it. I have a big following. I could have probably oh. chirped more about it. But something that I was saying leading up is that we have such short, like, memories or we act so quickly in golf where when Bryson won the U.S. Open, everybody was like, we have to make the ball different. The clubs are too. We have to get golf courses longer. We have I'm like all these things. I'm like, he had the best short game in the field at the U.S. Open. Like, is anybody reading the stats or I'm like, he got outdriven at the U.S. Open. So. I think, uh, but then again, you know, what I was thinking in my head, is like, they're talking about all these adjustments to make for Bryson, like he's Superman. I was just sitting there like, golf has got a lot, a lot more proponents than just carrying a 380 on the range, you know? And yeah. they were like putting the, 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 the title on his head already before it even started. We were talking about changing the game of golf for Bryson. And I love what happens so much. And don't get me wrong, I love Bryson. I'm not a, a Bryson hater. I think he's incredible. Um, but I actually almost like what happened for Bryson so that it could almost defend Bryson because, you know, he didn't like just get big and now golf is like different and easier for him. He's still got to score the golf ball. He's still got to do a lot of things, uh, for him to win golf on the PGA tour. So, um, I really, uh, think that that was a good eye opener for everybody that it's like, okay, well, it's cool that he can carry a 360, but we don't really have to get scared by it because there's a lot more. Uh, that goes to getting the golf ball in the hole. And our boy, uh, 63-year-old Bernhard Langer, beat the kid. You know, yeah. so it's the most OG yeah, move of all did. time. And for the, the, the viewers that don't know, the listeners rather, that don't know uh, Danny Christie too well, Danny Christie, I'll tell you a little something about our boy. 
you know, so again, you know, playing, playing college golf, we were all on the same team. You know, we had a, a teammate uh, by the name of Ryan Florak that hit a golf ball about as hard as a person could hit a golf ball. Really, really um, just just some yeah. some velocity to that boy. And he, uh, you know, him and Danny would play <laughs> and Ryan with a three wood, Danny, pro- on average, maybe 70 yards past you, something like that, you know, easily 80 yards oh, past Gonzo, you. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and Danny was by far – the best player on the team so it, it's just the reason why golf is the best sport out there because you got to score the ball man you got to get in the hole and i'm so happy for golf that bryson didn't do that well honestly because it just proves how you just can't do enough push-ups to beat golf it's just not that game you know so <laughs> um and then I, and i think you know hats off to dj i really uh, i didn't realize how much i wanted him to win until he won uh, you know, his interview and stuff after you just realize how normal the dude he is and uh, and just a ridiculous talent. So I hope he uh, I hope I hope he kind of actually sneaks up to like five, six, seven majors by the time he's done, because that's kind of, you know, more evident of his career, I think, than, you know, the one was especially and now even two. Yeah. So big fan of DJ and I'm I'm happy with the result. Yeah. Please, right, bro, Greg, please. I have a quick hot take for you. I, I need to hear your opinion on this. So. The other day, I was asking some people who their favorite golfer was, and he just—I feel like Tiger. Yes, it's got to be anybody but. Like I feel like there's there's Tiger, right? There's there's the list of all the other players, and there's Tiger, and and when someone asks me my favorite golfer, it's like from the list. It's not. He's just like an of course, like okay, who who else? Yeah, understood. Yeah, exactly. So my is the is the question: Who's my favorite golfer besides Tiger Woods, or is it can people have favorite golfers besides Tiger? I, yeah, I, I know you love love like I mean everyone loves Tiger but you really I do you really I was I right was now. the guy me actually my roommate who's in the other room now um and when he was playing Chambers Bay at his lowest I had a hundred on him to win you know <laughs> to win the entire thing the man literally was on his knees shooting 87 you know so it's like I'm I'm that guy but I'm also with you though where it's like even when people say like who's your favorite t- like golfer and I say Tiger I even roll my eyes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I get it. I would say, yeah, though, yeah, exactly. in a, uh, my, my favorite golfer other than Tiger is definitely, definitely my boy Tony Fee now, for sure. He's the uh, – he's like – just seems like the, the coolest dude. And uh, he's got an awesome story. Uh, can definitely kind of relate to it. any of those guys that didn't come up, like the, you know, the country club route. And it's not saying that those guys had it. Yeah, maybe had it a little bit easier, actually, but, you know, they still had to do their thing. But, you know, these guys that came up, you know, not having a full set of clubs and kind of his his Tony's dad wasn't even a golfer and, and, and taught him how to play. And now to see him at the highest level and how humble he is and how much a family man he is and stuff. He's uh, he'd be my second favorite. Though. That, guy's, that guy's the man. Terrific. Incredible. All right, brother, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Go ahead and take this time. Uh, feel free to plug either yourself, a product, a company you're working with. If you have anything on the table or coming up that you'd like to tell the three <laughs> listeners, uh, <laughs> go ahead and get that out there. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll that's definitely reach out to my mom as well. Um, you know, we're, we're approaching double digits rapidly. <laughs> perfect, perfect. We have plenty of moms. Well. Um, you know, honestly, yeah, it's the first plug is just – you know, for you guys listening, just to, to plug the pod itself, Danny and Brandon 
um, are two of the definitely, you know, the, the coolest guys I know and, and really, really dear friends of mine. Unbelievably smart guys, humble guys. You know, everything's coming at you, not with a sense of pridefulness, but a, a sense of value. So, you know, if you're listening now, I would definitely continue to do so because these are two unbelievably reliable sources and and, and just all, all around good dudes to be listening to. But my plug would be uh, for sure that I, that recently, I think Brandon and Danny, you both know that I've discovered uh, the greatest golf pant ever invented. Have you guys seen me post about that? Have you, seen, have you heard about that? The greatest golf pant ever invented in mankind history? Oh, I didn't hear about it until <laughs> I saw you post about it. But now that yeah. you have, definitely, it is uh, – We've done our research on the product as well. Yeah, no doubt, man. So I, uh, you know, if I'm going to plug something, it's 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 going to be it's going to be all in. So seven for all mankind reached out, said Frank, we're getting into golf. We'd love to work with you. I said, hold your horses, send me the product. Uh, I got to see it. I got a lot of value for my followers. Uh, we're not plugging any nonsense. You're a jeans company. Let's see it first. Pants come. The Greatest pair of golf pants I've ever worn. The coolest features. Uh, did a don't do that shit. Bleep. You can bleep that out, Danny. Uh, for the pants, literally <laughs> dumping water on myself. They're water repellent. Uh, water cannot get on them. It's literally just going to repel off them. So it's simple. Yeah, listen, it, it, it's like one percent. You can either choose to wear pants that absorb water or pants that repel water. Me personally, I'm on the repel side. Um, so I'm going to wear the seven for all mankind <laughs> pants. And again, that's, that's my shameless plug. The best pants in the game. Uh, if you need a new pair of golf pants, they are killer coming a bunch of different styles, stretch fit material. Uh, just, just all around, just killer. If you don't like them, DM me and, uh, I'll fly you out for a round and we'll play golf together and, and talk about it. But seven for all mankind, <laughs> definitely my, uh, my plug and an unagreed, an incredible brand and a, a really good product. Amazing. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Frank. My God, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you guys. All right, boys. Thank you, Frank.